Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Had someone told me that the Miss Marvel series on Disney Plus would end up being the gateway to us getting the X-Men and the Mutants, I would have said, Go shut your mouth! But you know what? You made a believer out of me. I can't tell you how much I love this season finale, okay? And I said season finale because if they announce a season two, I'm here for it, okay? Y'all, let's get into it. I don't want to waste no damn time. It's your bonus episode of Reality in Comics 2. Let's do it. That's right. You're listening to Reality in Comics 2, the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. I'm Kendrick. But most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek. You want some hot takes about the Real Housewives or Love Island? Or maybe you just want some extra insight on the Scarlet Witch or the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, you're in the right place. Grab a cocktail, sit back, and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me.
still got what's it? She-Hulk. We still got She-Hulk on the horizon. It's coming at some point. I think mid to late August, maybe. We still got that coming up, but I figured this is a good a time as any to go ahead and give y'all my kind of definitive rankings of the Disney Plus shows so far. You know, they've all been uh, phase four shows. I have liked the majority of them. There's one that kind of stands out as an outlier that I just really, it got better the second half. The first half, I was not impressed, but y'all probably already know what that is. We'll talk about it. But I figured I'd talk about this episode and the amazingness of those reveals. Then I'll go ahead and give y'all kind of my ranking thus far. Even though I said on Instagram the other day, I'm going to rewatch Hawkeye because, okay, let me explain. Hawkeye was coming out when I was going through a really bad time in my life. This was like the holiday season of last year. And y'all notice when I had like my kidney issues, like I was in the hospital, uh, uh, comatose for like two days, came out of that, had to like work with physical therapy. Like, Like it was a whole thing. Okay. Hospital for two weeks came out. So like I had to like end up binging Hawkeye like afterwards. Basically I watched the first two episodes cause they came out. Did they come out on Thanksgiving, maybe? Something like that. And so they came out, and I was like, okay, well, let me, you know, did I check those out. Loved the, the episodes. He loved Kate Bishop. Loved uh, Yelena Palova. You know, and uh, I loved Hawkeye. I guess I should mention him, too. <laughs> I should mention him, too. But it, I don't know. It, it's always kind of weird for me watching that. It's hard to watch a lot of stuff around the time, except for Spider-Man. Spider-Man came out like... I got out of the hospital and like later on that week, Spider-Man came out. So I was like, oh, no, I'm going back to my normal life. I know it's going to take a while for me to recover, but I'm going back to my normal life. I'm going to see Spider-Man. I had to, okay. I had to convince my one cousin that I knew would take me because I knew the other ones, they'd be like, uh-uh, you don't need to be out here. You're too sick. You'll give, you won't be okay. You know, you got to watch out. And then I had to go to my one cousin. You know, we all got that one cousin. I was like, bitch. I'm ready to go. Like, I want to go see Spider-Man. It's supposed to be so good. Come see it with me, bitch. And she was like, okay, we're going to go see it. And she, she came and kidnapped me. We went and saw it. So I loved that movie. That was like, that was great because it was like me, like coming out of everything, coming out of the, the darkness. So it did that movie kind of signifies a little more. And you know what's really random? There are some other random, like, movies that I have, like, <laughs> have like in my my spirit that i really think highly of because of that time when i was finally out of the hospital because when i was in there lord i i feel like all i did was watch bar rescue and see modello commercials and see that damn dual leap because i love dual leaper now but i was jaded for dual leaper for a while because they kept playing that damn and i'm free to do what i want any old time i i couldn't stand a commercial. It came on about 38 trillion times every day in the hospital. I was like, oh my God, I am ready. Somebody please give me a gun. Like this is it, too much. I'm going to find the nearest bridge. Like it, it was, whew, it was too much. But I did watch a lot of movies in the hospital though. So their selection, like 
wasn't as bad as you thought it'd be. They had a lot of Marvel movies. Like, they, you know, I've seen all the Marvel movies, obviously. But, like, they had a lot of Marvel movies, a lot of random, like, indie movies and stuff that you can pick from. So, it wasn't too bad. But, you know, I by the time I watched all this stuff, child, I rewatched Fences in the Hospital. I felt like a slave. I didn't know what the hell was going on. But, I mean, it was, you know, <laughs> it was still good. But there were a, a lot of other Disney shows that I really, like, got into. Or movies, I mean. Like, well, actually, I don't know if Coco is a Disney it might be, I don't know what it is, but Coco made me cry so hard. I was super emotional during this time. I don't know why I'm telling y'all all this. This is supposed to be a Miss Marvel thing, but y'all know I can't help but the bullshit at the beginning of any episode that I have. So, I, for some reason, Coco made me cry. Encanto made me cry. Everything made me cry during this time. I don't know. I was just like super heightened sense of emotions. It was crazy. Now I'm back to being the emotionless monster that I've always been. So, it all works out, but you know what I'm not emotionless to? Miss Marvel, such a great show. And this finale, oh my God. You know, you know, this could have been the worst finale in the world. And then when I got to that ending, when Bruno said what he said, it would have been tens across the board for me. I am so ready. And you know why? Let me just go ahead and tell y'all. For most of us around our age, there are very few of us there, I mean, there are, don't don't give it to us. There are some because I had like you know, the little uh, some of the, like the little free comic books. I wasn't really like going to my dad wouldn't take me to the comic book store to buy comics, but I didn't get into comics till I was a little older because of my best friend. But I like most of us around my age, like late twenties, mid thirty. You know, all of us we our main connection to Marvel and superheroes was the animated nineties X-Men show. Like that, that's like God level for a lot of us. Like, I don't care who you are. Like we all watched that show. Even if you weren't big into superheroes, like we all watched that show. So that's why we have such a, like a reverence for the X-Men, such a reverence for uh superheroes while black people like have storm and such like high esteem. Like they better get the casting for storm, right? <laughs> in the MCU or a lot of bullshit is going to happen. We protest and we go tell Wakanda up. It's a lot of shit going to go on. Hell, Namor, Namor going to be the worst of your damn problems. Okay. You got to worry about our black asses. How about that? Oh, we just got to listen. I'm, 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 I'm ecstatic. I'm excited. A little sad because I thought we might get a little inhuman stuff at some point, but I'm guessing we're not, gonna get any maybe they just said you know what fdm humans not gonna happen and i'm not too mad about it we saw black bolt in the mcu that's okay maybe we just don't have uh inhumans on earth 616 even though there are inhumans running rampant on agents of shield and we all know agents of shield is basically canon so i don't know we'll just we'll have to see about that anyway let's jump into the episode let's talk about it because we got a lot of things to discuss we pick up where we left off, which is a Circle Q having, like, recently exploded. That raggedy-ass, racist-ass, damage-control agent making slick-ass comments about who should and shouldn't have powers, bald-headed wench. They're trying to find Bruno and Cameron, who uh, obviously have, like, jumped on the subway to escape damage control, but they're hot on their asses, Okay. So clearly my theory about Bruno being hurt and injured and going to Wakanda was a little off base, but it can still happen, okay? So don't don't uh give up on me yet, Savannah. Cameron is trying to learn and control his powers, uh, you know, keep that in mind. 
he's breaking windows and all kinds of shit accidentally, but he is able to actually keep damage control away from them by using his power, so it's not all bad right now. After the opening credits, we cut to Kamala announcing to her family that she's hardlight, but everybody pretty much already knows that because Muniba told Yusuf and Yusuf be talking on speakerphone, so her brother and wife already know, and God knows how many other people already know that too. See, when my mama gets on speakerphone, I find out about everybody's business. I'm talking about all her friends' business. You end up finding out that somebody got put in the back of the police car for being drunk and cutting up, but the police let them go once somebody finally vouched for him, and then they got arrested again later on that night for real because he was still drunk and made his way to the local bar to tussle with a few motherfuckers he hated back in high school. Child, this is the whole lot of bullshit go on. She asks her all types of questions and they make sure that she's being safe before she gets out there in those streets. Nakia FaceTimes Kamala's brother Amir, obviously because Kamala was busy making announcements and shit, and she lets her know that the Circle Q and Bruno has been blown up, you know, and Bruno is being missing. Uh, Kamala goes upstairs to kind of stress out and this is when we see how supportive Muniba is now and how much better the trip from Karachi or to Karachi has made their relationship for both her with her mother and her with Kamala. Oh, she gives her a box and it has a costume that she made for her. And let me tell y'all this quite possibly might be one of my favorite comic book costumes come to life yes Muniba okay Muniba I don't know when she had the time to make that maybe on the plane I know that's a long plane ride so maybe Kamala was sleep all uh <laughs> all 20 hours I don't know but uh, one thing about it Muniba made the hell out of that costume okay I love it see in my mind okay so I love Captain Marvel's costume. I love the new one too, especially. But I always felt like Captain Marvel's costume was like one of the most practical, like fighting costumes we have in the MCU. So I love that. Who who else's costume do I just love? I don't know. I love like the new Thor costume that's in Thor: Love and Thunder. Love that. I don't know. There are a few of them, but Kamala. See, it's a lot of other ones like from uh, other TV shows. Like I love uh, the Peacemaker costume. <laughs> it's so. I feel like it's so like base level but it's just so good and it brings it to life and john cena feels it out well you know so it's i mean it's all good i love it i just muniba props off to you and props off to whoever in the costume department actually had a hand in making this costume because you did that okay we see kamala has gotten much better with her powers and is hopping all over the city trying to find bruno and Cameron. Meanwhile, they've made it to the mosque looking for sanctuary, but Nakia is like, uh-uh, uh-uh, listen, white man, <laughs> this is America, okay? They probably got the FBI, the Department of Sanitation, uh, the, the, the school, the Shelby County city workers, Nicki Minaj and the barbs, everybody probably monitoring this damn mosque, okay? She says, wait till the coast is clear and then go to the high school because it's Saturday and it's probably empty. Damage control shows up looking for Cameron, but no one is willing to help, and justifiably so, okay? You know how to look. Listen, us minority communities, now y'all know us in the police. Our relationship ain't what it is, and uh, damn Deaver, the damn uh, damage control agent, she's showing y'all why, so. <laughs> the imam of the uh, mosque gives probably one of my favorite lines in the MCU to date. When she attempts to make it like him feel like 
uh, it's bad that he's not turning over Cameron or turning on him. He says, well, no, she said, like, this kid is dangerous and no one will be on your side if you, you know, they find out you're helping him. And he says, I don't need anybody on my side. I'm not even concerned if God is on my side as long as I'm on his side and God is always right. I know that's right. See, she tried it and she said that she don't need no damn Quran quotes. But see, that was Abraham Lincoln. Now, that's a gag, okay? Damage control goes to kick in another door and Nakia stops them and buys Bruno and Cameron some time to get out. I love that before they go, the imam tells them that they need a disguise and he gives them hats. See, this has almost become like a long running joke in the MCU at this point. Think about like Ant-Man and the Wasp when they were going to see Ike Turner, a.k.a. Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> and Scott said, you know, they uh, it's basically just them wearing baseball hats and disguises. Or think about when Carol and uh, Nick Fury broke into that facility in Captain Marvel and she like puts on the hat and, you know, it's just dead in her jacket, like as if that's a big disguise. Or think about like in Winter Soldier. When Natasha and uh, Steve Rogers go to a public, you know, public computer cafe or whatever in a mall and they're wearing hats and disguises from S.H.I.E.L.D. and they got a kiss and, you know, trying to make people uncomfortable so they don't look at them. You know what I'm talking about. When Bruno and Cameron make their way to the alley, they see Kamala jumping all over the damn city, coming down, bloop, 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 almost like uh. You know, when Donkey Kong throwing them barrels and Mario got to go up and dodge like that. She's jumping around like that. I know that's right, Kamala. Cameron is still having trouble uh, controlling his powers and says that he feels like he's being crushed from the inside out. They leave and they head to the high school. And when they get there, Kamala steps to the side and makes an expensive ass collect call. I'm assuming it's an expensive ass collect call because... I don't call nobody out the damn country. I'm just saying. But she calls Kareem, a.k.a. Red Dagger, asking for help or refuge, basically, for uh, Kamran, which he actually agrees to. They get inside, and her and Nakia make up in the hallway, and they have, like, a little heart-to-heart. But it's interrupted when Bruno sees damage control outside of the high school. So now these four, and Zoe Zimmer, for some odd-ass reason, her raggedy ass, She's actually in there because she makes her TikToks in the auditorium because they got good lighting. I know that's right. They make up a plan to distract and stall until uh, they can get Cameron to safety. Kamala's brother actually shows up too and helps them out. She does like she does in the first episode and she uses a chalkboard to like basically come up with and show a very elaborate scheme and plan that they can use to distract damage control. We cut to damage control and Agent Deaver, who was the racist damage control agent that keeps coming up in the mosque with her shoes on raggedy ass, who also I couldn't remember for the life of me where I knew her from. But I actually remember she's from Orange is the New Black. Remember, she's the one I think she's like the head. Like She's not like the warden, but she's like the uh, maybe like the owner of the prison that always comes by and stuff like that. But. She's the one that used to get gutted by the warden with that real big wee-wee. Remember, they always used to re- comment about him having a real big wee-wee. Anyway, I don't know why I had to mention that in a Miss Marvel episode, but I needed y'all to know. Anyway, she's talking to Agent Cleary, and he gives her orders to stand down. Stop. Do not pass go. Do not collect 200. Do not do anything. Keep your ass in that van and come back. She gets off the phone with him and she tells her team to make all units available and to come help and all see that hard headed ass. I don't know why 
Why can't people just follow simple instructions? And now you got to uh, go through all this and yeah, still go lose. Now you out of a job, heifer. We cut back to the distractors, as I called them, and Kamala reveals to Bruno that Kamran's mother, Najma, has died. Bruno said, ah, ah, shh, don't tell that man or he'll blow up the whole damn city, the fuck. Now it's time for like them to actually enact this plan, and this sequence is actually really fun to watch. They start off with like what they think, or what Damage Control thinks is a bomb, and it's actually just a speaker. See, it's not lost on me, okay? That it's actually, you know, a show with predominantly Muslim characters, and they naturally assume that it's a bomb for some reason. See, they're, I love that they're using all these, like, hurtful-ass assumptions and stereotypes that they knew Damage Control would make, uh, you know, some assumptions about. And then they just, like, use it to their advantage to save Cameron. Very smart thinking. See, they try to use stereotypes against you. You use them back on them for your benefit. Boom, bada, bam, bam, bam. I don't know who said that. Maybe Martin Luther King, maybe Gandhi, maybe Jocelyn Hernandez. I don't know. Then we get some TikTok footage, some like uh, some fire extinguisher action, some bicycle riding, some softballs being thrown everywhere. Uh, 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 it, it's, it's very much like Macaulay Culkin Home Alone, if you can visualize. You know when the folk came in there, he was giving their asses. Hell, and that's what Kamala and the girls did too. Side note, I told y'all that I love that Kamala has options, okay? We see Kamala and Kamran holding hard light hands, and Bruno walks in on them after all, you know, that, that right after she had just called Kareem to do a favor for her in Karachi. Let me tell y'all something. Every single woman listening to this you better have five in your back pocket at all times, okay? Now, I'm not saying five men or women or non-gender conforming identities, you know, that uh, you sleeping with. I'm saying ain't nothing wrong with dating around until you figure out what you like. See, don't just give me carrot cake, okay? How the hell you know I like carrot cake? Let me try a little piece of red velvet. Let me try some key lime pie. Let me do a, a birthday cake milkshake. You know, let me try all of the stuff before you pin one dessert on me for life, okay? Not me, you know what? Not me sitting over here making a metaphor using shit that'll raise my blood sugar through the damn roof. Y'all trying to put me back in the hospital. Let me get back to Kamala Khan. Kamala and Kamran head to get him out of there. And he doesn't trust the red daggers, obviously. And through their conversation, he actually realized that Kamala isn't telling him something about his mom. He asked, like, what happened, but before she could even answer, damage control attacked. Kamran is trying to kill the damn man, but Kamala had to stop him. Once they neutralized the threat, see, I learned that from uh, Law & Order HBU. Once they neutralized the threat, they continue this conversation and she tells him everything. But most of the damage control agents arrive, and now Kamran is fired up. Now he knows about his mama, and he is ready to jack, okay? He starts whooping ass and taking names, and Kamala, once again, has to stop him. He fled and goes outside where the local community and many more damage control agents are. Kamran refuses to get down uh, like Deaver asked him to. You know, she's saying, get down, get on the ground, all like this, and child... Them people actually set up there and open fire on this damn high school. They need to be ashamed. Kamala jumps out of the window and she ends up blocking Kamran using her hard light powers. They're doing everything to stop Kamala and Kamran and they end up sending them flying across the street while the entire community is watching. 
side note, I didn't mean to laugh, but the part where they're about to like blast Kamala and Cameron again with that big beacon laser thingy and they cut to Bruno and he's saying, come on, Kiki, get up. Why did this remind me of the movie Friday at the end when Craig and Debo are fighting and you hear Regina King, who was like Craig's sister in the movie. You can hear her in the background. Get up, Craig. Craig, get up. Get up, Craig. See, I'm so damn childish. I, who, who the hell else would think of that watching <laughs> watching damn Miss Marvel? This next moment, I literally squealed like a little piggy. See, this finale was the best Disney Plus finale so far, and it made me squeal a lot of different times, but I squealed here like a pee because she says her saying from the comics or basically her like her motto or catchphrase from the comics, which is embiggen, which of course it helps her like grow tremendously in size and strength in the comics. It helps her kind of like morph into different shapes and sizes and all that kind of stuff. Child Kamala starts giving it to the girls. Okay. They can't mess with her. Cameron, on the other hand, is pissed and throws a whole damn army tank <laughs> at all of them people. But thankfully, Kamala Khan catches it because she's strong, okay? Strong. S-K-R-O-N-G. Just like Gucci Man say. She strong. Now it's basically a battle of Kamala stopping Cameron from emitting so much damn power and convincing him to do good instead of being so doggone mad. Like Phaedra said, now I'm the doggone villain. She tells him how Najma basically sacrificed herself for him and that helps him a little bit, but she gives him a good old speech, you know, like Captain America used to do back in the day. And that it, it seems to help his ignorant ass out some too. When uh, Damage Control tries to go after Kamala, since, you know, she helped Cameron escape to the harbor, she used that embiggened power and bow, punched that whole damn hole in the damn uh, street, and he escaped that way. When they do that, the whole community actually surrounds her, and they wouldn't let Damage Control touch her. Very much giving, what movie do y'all think about when I said that? That the whole community kind of helped save the superhero? Of course, Spider-Man too, duh. Y'all knew that, though. I didn't need to tell y'all that. I didn't need to tell y'all that. It's one of the greatest Superman movies of all time. Y'all know that. Kamala uses her hard light to jump out of there, and everyone cheers, and Deaver gets fired. Bada-boom, bada-bam, ba-bam. We get a TikTok collage of all of the people in the community saying how much they love her and what she did and everything. So now the perception of her has actually changed completely from when she almost dropped that damn little boy to death a few episodes ago. <laughs> we cut to Kamala sitting on the roof with her dad, and I love this little chat. He tells her that he named her Kamala because they tried for years and for years to have a second child, but to no avail. And finally, there comes Kamala. They said she was perfect. And in Urdu, the name Kamal means wonder or, wait for it, marvel. Now, see, who told y'all that? Y'all already heard that on my podcast before. Remember? You remember who told you? Nor from the Reality Is uh, podcast. She sat there and she told y'all. She explained the name. She explained how it's different from our vice president. She explained all that to y'all. See, y'all better pay attention when we're talking to you, okay? Uh, Kamala was so excited because she found out she shared the same name as Carol Danvers. And now he's like, you've always been our little Miss Marvel. Now, see, 
This is how you retcon a character, okay? You do that and you do it right. The things that they changed about this show and about this character and about the story to make it more true to Kamala's background and heritage and culture, all of it was just, just perfection. Chef's goddamn kiss. Now let's talk about that scene, okay? Yes, that scene. It's one week later and Kamala goes to meet up with Bruno, who is driving Cameron's car, by the way, and Nakia. Bruno says, you know, he'll probably end up taking the car to Caltech, so he is going to California, okay? My damn theory ain't necessarily wrong. Remember, I told y'all in Black Panther, they opened up that set. Y'all know what happened, okay? Anyway, he tells Kamala that he went back and looked at her genetic makeup. Apparently, Amir, her brother, was asking if he had powers too, child. <laughs> anyway, Bruno realizes that he was looking at it all wrong in the first place. He said... We know why Kamala has access to the Noor and how she can wield it, but when it uh, when he compared it to the rest of her family, something still seemed off. He said, Kamala, there's something different in your genes, like a mutation. And then if you listen carefully, you hear the X-Men cartoon theme song play super quickly in the background, just like it did in Multiverse of Madness when Professor X stepped onto the scene. Well, ooh, he, he didn't step onto the scene, but y'all know what I mean. Are you kidding me? Like the scream I scrumped. Y'all just don't know. Finding out that the MCU version of Kamala Khan is literally our first Earth 616 mutants yes i'm ecstatic okay so i'm guessing the inhumans are just like not gonna be a thing in the mcu i don't know maybe that'll change maybe not i don't know we know they're a thing though one because of agents of shield but also two because black bolt was in earth what is it 838 in multiverse of madness but i guess there's no terrigen mist here maybe i don't know Oh, Lord have mercy, I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord. Take me to the king. I don't know how much to bring. Oof, Lord, take me. I cannot wait an entire year for the Marvels. I got questions, okay? I need the Marvels to, like, keep their original premiere date and give it. I, I don't know why. Y'all know the Marvels and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium, like, switched premiere dates and, like, I think at first the Marvels, well, first the Marvels was supposed to originally come out at the end of this year, like after Wakanda Forever. Then it got pushed a little bit to like February of next year. And then, and then it got switched with Ant-Man and the Wasp. So now Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out first. And then I guess the Marvels is going to be like our big blockbuster hit of the summer. Oh, I can't wait that long. That's, that's. Oh boy, that's too damn long. Let now let's talk about these post credit scenes, okay? Kamala goes in her room, and you know her mom is yelling about homework and stuff. Something happens to where the bangle glows, and it ends up like transporting Kamala somewhere and leaving Carol Danvers in her place in her bedroom instead. Now let's kind of uh distract about this. Let's let's just not distract this dissect. There we go. Child, I don't know what the hell wrong with my throat today. Let's dissect this a little bit. So one thing I want to mention, we've discussed, I think we've discussed the Negabands 
on here before because one of the big conversations that's happening online surrounding the show is these bangles are they just like something new that the MCU is doing or are these from the comics because the only thing that like people can think of is like the nega bands for instance and or like maybe another version of the 10 rings and the 10 rings are actually the other you know bangle so it would almost make sense if the nega bands were like the uh the thing that they were because in the original comics you know I, i've told y'all there have been like a couple of you know captain marvels there have been a couple of miss marvels but the original captain marvel who was a man marvell not carol danvers he had the nega bands and one of the things he could do was like switch it, it was one guy oh lord i can't remember the guy's name but uh it's one guy that like he can use his bands to actually switch places with so that makes me think that like maybe this is where they're drawing inspiration from. I don't know, but let's move on to the more important like talking point about the this one random post credit scene. The question that I've been getting like in text messages, emails, and like my DMs that I've been getting is, did Kamala Khan shape shift? You know, like I've told y'all, she can do in comics, or did she change places with Carol Danvers? People are asking that because Carol Danvers can like shapeshift in the comics and a part of her origin story is she actually turns into a form of Carol Danvers with like a child where she's wearing like the black iconic swimsuit that they, you listen, y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but based on the way, uh, based on the way Carol was like genuinely confused about where she was, I think they switched places. See, I've been telling y'all that I think Miss Marvel and Shang-Chi are a lot more closely related than we think because remember Carol and Bruce were in their post credit scene of Shang-Chi wondering where the 10 rings originated from. Uh, Wong was there. He was the one that was like kind of showing them and breaking them down. Like they couldn't figure out where those had actually come from. Carol who's been all over the universe, hadn't seen them in any like civilization that she had been to. Bruce Banner had no idea where they had come from. Uh, we've seen the 10 rings referenced in this show many a time now. So to me, it seems like one of the, there could be one of a few things happening here. One, either Carol has found the other bangle because remember there are two of them. They told us that on episode, I think four when they were in Karachi and they did that flashback. So it could be either that or number two, she was examining the 10 rings and that they're the actual other artifact or bangle or whatever it is. Cause remember, Shang-Chi is just like Kamala in the sense that they're both of this dimension and of another one. So maybe she was examining that and something happened and brought her there. But lastly, maybe Carol was somewhere else where the bangle and the rings like draw power from and tapped into them somehow. And then like that caused them to like switch places. I don't know. But if we go with that theory, it would make sense that like these are actually the nega bands and then like maybe she was in a negative zone. I don't know. It, it's a lot to theorize, but there are a lot of different ways that they can go with this. And I'm so like, I cannot wait an entire year to watch the Marvels to see what happens. I'm guessing it's going to open up with Carol Danvers trying to get, <laughs> trying to get back to whatever battle or wherever the hell she was in the first place. She had a new little piece of costume, you know, uh, uh, Andre Leon Talley probably helped make it. Like, it was probably a whole thing. You know, Dapper Dan, somebody helped make that little costume, and now she's trying to show it off. And now y'all done got her back in New Jersey and can't nobody see it. It's a lot going on. Whoo! I enjoyed Miss Marvel. 
I really enjoyed it. I love the ride that it took us all. I love all the great, like, I love that, like, they knew that, like, instinctually just because of, like, Kamala's race, Kamala's background, heritage, culture, the fact that Kamala's a girl and not a boy. They knew some people were going to try to be as negative about this show and were going to try to boycott as much as they could. And they still put in some of the biggest nuggets about the future of the MCU that they could. And I love that. Okay, now that, Kevin Feige, is B-D-E. We love that. Now, let me kind of give y'all my quick little unofficial kind of ranking of the Disney Plus show so far. Now, I want y'all to keep in mind, I'm not going to include What If. I don't feel like it's fair to, like, put up an animated show against a live action show. So, I'm not going to include them. Just know I really enjoyed What If. I loved the Doctor Strange episode. I loved the the T'Challa. Ooh, that's hard to say for me right now. (laughs) T'Challa. Uh, Star Lord episode. I love the zombie episode. I loved a lot of this. I loved the the Guardians of the Multiverse. Like I loved all of that. So, uh, what if is okay with me? All right. So let me start at number six, and I'll make my way up to the best. This is gonna be controversial. I'm warning y'all right now. But y'all follow me on social media. Y'all listen to this podcast. It shouldn't be that damn surprising. Controversial maybe, but not too surprising. Number six for me, Loki. I know. Some of y'all throwing chairs, throwing books. I don't give a damn, okay? Loki, for me, was literally like the letter V. Like, it started off high with episode one, decreased with episode two. I was almost ready to tap out with episode three because I was bored out of my mind. Finally started to go back up a little bit with episode four. Got kind of good episode five. And then episode six was pretty good, too. The only reason I'm hard on that Loki finale is because it really didn't feel like a Loki finale. It felt like a Jonathan Majors, Kang the Conqueror introduction. Now, don't get me wrong. I loved Jonathan Majors as uh, Kang the Conqueror. I loved him on this episode. He needed to get a damn uh, Emmy nomination. I don't know if he did. I'm going to look that up. But he needed to get a damn nomination because he killed it. I loved all of that. But that was not a Loki finale. It felt... mm, I don't know. It felt out of place with the rest of the series for me. And me having not already enjoyed episodes two and three, and that's almost like half the episode. It, I don't know. It was, it, it ranks low on my list. Number five, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Now, don't get me wrong. This is where it kind of gets murky for me because I actually, despite what the internet tries to tell us, you know, they the internet loves stuff when it first comes out and then they just like start shitting on it for some reason like two months later. So it, it, everything gets hype and hate in the same order of everything else. So I'm telling y'all, these all my opinions are completely free of the internet because I don't go in comment sections to argue with motherfuckers anyway. So my number five, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I really enjoyed this. I love Sam and Bucky's like dynamic, especially the new dynamic that they're building now that Steve Rogers isn't in the way. I love that uh, we got to see a brand new Captain America. I love that he black. Hello, black, black. And, I, you know, I think white looks good on black people, so I like that his costume is white. On black, black, okay? Uh, you know, I, y'all know how I feel about Sebastian Stan, so we're not even going to go there. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And plus, whenever I get a Dora Milaje kind of cameo, I'm all good. They were in multiple episodes. They gave me my favorite, like, scene of the series, which was episode four when they came in and whooped John Walker's ass in that damn hotel room. 
loved it. So, but unfortunately, some of the other ones edged it out. So, uh, sorry if y'all can win the souls. Y'all do come in at number five, but y'all are my people, okay? Number four. Ooh, now this is where number four and three is where, like, I, I say that this can't be a definitive ranking because I do want to rewatch both of these, actually. But right now, number four is going to be Moon Knight. I, now y'all, y'all follow me. Y'all know how I feel about Oscar Isaac, okay? I love me some Oscar Isaac. The acting in this series was some of the best that we've gotten in the MCU. And that's, whoever questions that can go to hell. Like, you can go straight to hell with gasoline draws on. Or a sudden stretch says, go to hell, okay? You can go there immediately. That man acted his ass off in that and everything that he's in. He got him an Emmy nomination this year, and I'm proud of him, okay? I'm rooting for him, okay? He in that same category with, like, three other Marvel people, too. So, I don't know who go win, but a child probably the one person that's not in the Marvel movie. So, <laughs> so we'll see. But I look... I. Listen, I loved Moon Knight. I think people were expecting it to be like Daredevil for some reason. Even though this was six episodes and Daredevil seasons are usually like 13. So I don't know why they expected that. Maybe just the action level. I don't know. But I loved the story. I loved it like it was focused on the character and his mental health. And it really focused on like them having to figure out their own like struggles and shit. As opposed to like just relying on the uh, the fighting aspect. Right now, it doesn't rank as my number three. It ranks as my number four because that finale was a little hard for me. Just being honest, the finale was a little, it was rough for me. That that one, I almost did not want to do uh, a recap on. I think I ended up having to do like a, another episode anyway for that. It was a lot. So I'm, I'm okay with that staying at number four for right now. Number three. My number three right now and this is another reason why I say it's not definitive, but it could be. My number three is going to be Hawkeye. I really, really enjoyed Hawkeye, but I told y'all it happened during a, a bad time in my life. So I need to rewatch it to make sure. But even when I was going through it, it felt like a little piece of comfort being able to watch that and forget all of my, you know, crap that I had going on. So I really liked it. Love Kate Bishop. She's a great addition to the MCU. Uh, whenever we get a Yelena Belova appearance love that love me some Florence Pugh uh Clint Barton he was dope as hell I want to go see Captain Rogers the musical like it was it was all good for me I like the villains I love the uh the bros moving company guys I thought Echo was an amazing like addition to the MCU I'm glad she's got her own series her backstory was probably one of my favorite see this is how I know like I was like ridiculously emotional during this time because her, like, I think it's episode three when they get into her backstory. That made me cry. Like, all of that made me so emotional during that time. I was like, Lord Jesus, let this girl win. I want her to win. She deserves the world. Like, it was all, it was a lot for me. But as of right now, before I've rewatched the series, because I've seen it, I think I've seen it two times through, and I really enjoyed it. So it might be my number three, but I'm going to watch it again now that I'm in, like, a very clear headspace, doing much better physically and all that kind of stuff, you know, gotten back to a good place in life. Don't have to do anything to, you know, just have to like now monitor my kidneys. Don't have to do like anything actively to like help them out function wise. So, you know, I'm back to a good place. Y'all know that though. So I don't know. I'm going to rewatch. I'll let y'all know. I'm going to rewatch Moon Knight too. So, you know, we'll see my number two. 
My number two is going to be Miss Marvel. I really enjoyed the series. I love whenever we get a show that is not the norm of what we're used to looking at. We're so used to, like, we've been indoctrinated to just see Marvel and superhero shows being led by white men. And it's so always refreshing to me when we get a different take. We've had, like, one... I'm trying to think what it, we've had one, I think major outing with a black, well, no two, two major outings with a black lead. So it's been a uh, black Panther. And then we got Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So not much. I don't think we've had any with a black female lead, but I don't know. We'll see. So it's always good to get some diversity. I love me some diversity. Okay. So this was very fun for me. They did it in a way that, like, I almost, like, felt like I could relate to every single character on this show, which is hard to do no matter what race or no matter what, uh, you know, background they're from. That's hard to do. And so I almost feel like I could relate to everybody in this story. So I love, I just, you know, gushed over Miss Marvel for the longest, so I won't do it again. But just know I really love this show. And one of the things that really boosted up to number two for me was that, they literally, like, you couldn't have found a better Kamala Khan than Iman Vellani. She is amazing as Kamala Khan. I'm so forward, like, looking forward to seeing her future in the MCU. I'm ready for the Marvels. Give it to me now. And y'all know it's going to be hard for any Disney Plus show to come along and decrown WandaVision as the best. It just was. Like, you had to be there. You had to watch it along week to week. Every time those episodes end, you literally jumped up and you yelled, damn, because you want to know what was about to happen next. They did it perfectly. You don't get much better than like Elizabeth Olsen in the role of Scarlet Witch. So, I mean, it's all, it's all good stuff, y'all. Y'all, I am ready for more. <laughs> we got a little break. I don't like breaks. I like always having something to watch, but it's okay. The boys are over now. Like, every, it's, it's that weird time in the summer where, like, nothing's airing. I guess I had to go out to, I had to go and see Thor Love and Thunder again this weekend or something. I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. Maybe I'll just, like, rewatch all my favorites during this time, and, you know, we'll we'll figure it out. So, oh, boy, who knows? Anyway, I hope y'all enjoyed Ms. Marvel as much as I did. I loved it. I love the actors, the actresses. I hope we see more of Bruno and Nakia and Gamron and uh, Kareem and Zoe Zimmer even and Amir and Muniba and Youssef. I hope we see a, a lot more of everybody in the series because they killed it. I love it. I hope we, I hope they get a second season. If Loki can get a second season, give Miss Marvel a second season. I'm here for it. Y'all, I'm Kendrick. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. A happy exhausted, though. I'm going to sit my ass down, and I don't know what I'm going to watch. Today. I don't know what I'm going to watch. Maybe I'll watch me. I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'll probably watch something on, like, Apple TV that I haven't seen yet. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Y'all don't care. Y'all, I'm Kendrick. Hit me up. Leave me a five-star rating review. Uh, buy me a coffee. www.buymeacoffee.com slash realitycomics, the number two, because I said my name was too damn long. And I'll see you. sat through that entire episode well aren't you special you deserve a treat why don't you head on over to apple Podcasts, 
or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review for free. Need to contact me? Email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com. Make sure you follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast. That's at realitycomics2, T-O-O. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Jan from Toyota, reminding you that Toyotathon is on and here to help make your holidays extra magical. How? Maybe it's driving in a Tacoma in search of the perfect hill to sled down. Popping from store to store in a Prius to find the perfect gift. You did it. How'd you know? Or it could be something much more simple, like surprising loved ones in a RAV4 hybrid. You made it, Bobby. (laughs) You're all grown up. And seeing their faces light up when you pull up to their home. Stop by Toyotathon and make this holiday one to remember. It's the perfect opportunity to gather with your friends and family, both near and far. Dealer inventory may vary. Current offers on these vehicles end November 30th. Offers are subject to change throughout Toyotathon, which ends on January 3rd. See your participating Toyota dealer for details. Toyota, let's go places. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.